Kia ora. Well, it's around this time of year when many are planning to get their bikes out of the garage for a spin during summer or maybe to go on even longer treks on one of the many incredible trails around Aotearoa. For our Monday expert session today, we're all about bicycle maintenance and how to keep your two-wheeler roadworthy throughout the year. If you have a question, uh, a specific question on this, you can text it through to me on 2101. Uh, maybe we'll get a whole lot of new cyclists if this congestion charge they've been talking about becomes a reality in Auckland. Many good reasons to cycle, that's just one of them. And here today to help share some tips for a safer, smoother ride is Josca Craig-Smith from Josca Bicycle Repairs in Mount Albert. Hello there. Kia ora, Jesse. Nice to have you on the show and thank you for being so generous with your time today. How did you end up such a passionate bike advocate as a as a rider and a repairer? Good question. I um, I moved to Auckland in my uh, late teens to go to university and a few friends were um, riding these really funky old 1970s bikes. We're talking uh, in the early 2000s, but uh, being at art school, um, Auckland University, I was, um, was a lot of creative types and people who... Liked old clothes and old music and mm-hmm. retro things, and um, I got really intrigued. Um, I'd probably been taking the bus to uni. Um, my parents had kind of set me up with a real dodgy old sort of rusty, cheap Taiwanese-made rally um, with horrible steel rims that brakes didn't work that well. Yeah, and um, sort of gave it a go. It was okay. I sort of managed, um, and then. Along came this wondrous thing, uh, which we used to have in Auckland called the Inorganic Rubbish yes, Collection. Yes. Uh, so, hey, no, they just came I, through last week. So it's still going strong. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, back in the day when you were allowed to, well, everyone piled piled their rubbish of out course. on the road. Yeah, all at once. that's right. You just went wandering uh, to see what you could find. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and it was like a, a treasure trove. So I started collecting old bikes and, um, and trying to sort of piece things together and just experimentation. Um, I was already reasonably handy with uh, things mechanical and handmade and fixing and repairing. And and then I got quite interested in it and tried stuff out, thought I knew what I was doing. Um, And then a friend kind of cornered me at art school one day. Um, He'd seen me riding this funky sort of modified bike. I can't remember which one it was, but... um, one of the quickly, uh, in- rapidly increasing height of pile of bikes in my backyard at my flat. Um, and um, he said, look, you've got to go and ask for a job at this place where I've just finished uh, working for. Mm-hmm. Uh, go down to go down to talk to this guy. His name's Bruce O'Halloran at Adventure Cycles. And I did and took my CV down and simply red-faced a kind of <laughs> teenager showed up and um, and I got a job fixing bikes and uh, kind of had to relearn everything. Um, and, yeah, from there it was just um, really really kind of fueled the fire, I guess, of, of interest of these amazing machines that kind of work from human power and have to work with ergonomics and a number of kind of interesting kind of engineering factors, and, yeah. 
Great. Well, I've got loads of questions on repairing and maintaining bikes. And so do our listeners. So I'll sort of um, alternate between my questions and theirs. Here's one just through, and, and listener questions will sort of be out of order. Uh, that's part of the fun of an expert segment. This person wants to know, are chain links universal for all chains, or are they chain specific? I'm going on a bike tour and thinking I should take some, but I haven't used them before. Any advice would be great. They're actually talking about a particular sort called magic links, but what what would you right. like to say about chains in general? Oh, there are so many different types of chains, and usually uh, the connecting link is absolutely not universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really need to go by primarily the number of gears that the chain is designed for. They come in different widths as drivetrain systems have evolved, Chains have got narrower, cogs have got narrower, and they've been compacted closer together and within a fairly small space. You know, imagine back in the 70s, that amazing 10-speed bicycle was the new thing, uh, which was actually a five-speed with a two-speed front, so two times five. Yeah. Um, and then we had 12 speeds, which were two times six, and then we had 18 speeds, which were... And so on, and so on. And they kept packing more gears in, and as, as they did so, they had to re-engineer and redesign chains mm-hmm. to become narrower and narrower. So you do need to follow the number of cogs on your back wheel um, and get an appropriate uh, connecting link, which usually snaps together by hand, um, depending on the design. And it needs to also be um, marked off as okay to work with the brand and model of the chain. So okay. that can all be established by looking at the number and the the make on stamped onto the chain, usually little little letters or numbers printed on there, um, and, and kind of following the advice. So probably the best thing is to take your bike to the local bike shop, be uh, it me or somebody else, yeah, and and, and, and and on that, someone asks, what are the do's and don'ts when going to a bike shop mechanic? You know, how do you pick who you're going to employ? Uh, so how how do you choose which workshop to go to? Yeah, I get, I mean, you know, obviously uh, Aucklanders will have, be lucky to have you at their disposal, but around New Zealand, if you're, if you're trying to choose, uh, you know, any advice for picking a bike mechanic, I suppose? Yeah, that's a... Um that's a, that's a tricky one. I really would suggest going by um, what your friends have a good experience with okay. in your local area. So ask, ask a friend who's into riding bikes and having bikes serviced. Um, somebody asks, here's a good one, what is the best way to store a bicycle outside for someone who has no garage and no space to put a shed? We're looking at outdoor storage boxes and wondering how well they save bikes from the elements through New Zealand's various seasons. I'm embarrassed to say this, Joska, but I keep my bike outside as well, um, yeah. just through laziness, really. But what would you like to say about storage of bikes? And, and you know, I guess best is inside, but if you can't do that, um, what should you do with your bike overnight and why? Uh, yes, I've got a bit to say about that. Uh, so much of my work comes from bikes getting rusty and being stored outside. Mm. Um and various issues relating to that. But, um, yes, absolutely store your bike in the driest, most ventilated place that you can. Uh, If you have to store it outside, 
try and choose somewhere that it's not going to be constantly wet. Um, I, to be honest, store my own bikes outside from time to time as well. But one of the key things is keep them moving. Do keep using them. And don't let them sit still in the same place for a long time. Oh, yeah. I, I believe what, what's going to happen is that you get uh, moisture sit, sitting in one spot. And um, if you imagine a little drip hanging in the shade on, a, on any given component, but particularly the metal, metal um, steel, exposed steel components like chains and cogs suffer quite quickly. Um, the little drip is going to sit there and sit there and sit there, especially if the bike doesn't move. And you get part of the chain rusted where it sort of remains damp and part of the chain can sometimes be surprisingly okay. Um, so keep using your bike, keep lubricating your bike, um, keep it moving, try and um, let it ventilate from time to time. I actually have a, a really good, sturdy, properly waterproof um, tarpaulin with some soft weight tied onto the corners. And I can just toss that over my, um, my, <laughs> my probably excessive bike collection. <laughs> um, kind of cover up three or four bikes at once easily. What is it? And because, uh, like a tarpaulin with, oh, okay, with cool. soft weights on the corners. Worth so doing. Because, yeah, yeah. I've actually got some old inner tubes and stuffed them full of old, old dodgy worn out chains because they're nice and kind of heavy but not too, um, huh. nothing hard that'll smack into the bike and cause some damage. Um, yeah, keep keep things moving, keep things ventilated. Thank you. Um, and then, what else should we be doing for our own bike before we start thinking about a, a proper service? What should we be thinking about before a proper service? Like, should we be oiling the chain, yeah. for example? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of really key things. Um, one of the most overlooked things is, is tire pressure. Oh yeah. Um, Easily, easily half, if not more than half of the punctures they repair are caused by people not pumping their tyres. Gosh. Um, so a bicycle tyre usually goes way higher pressure than a car tyre. And the narrower the tyre, the higher the pressure. Mm. Um, and the more frequently it's likely to need topping up. Um, so go by the, the stated pressure that's marked on the tyre itself. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. But if you look... Once your eye picks it up, um, every bike tyre will tell you how much to pump it. Yeah, yeah. unlike a lot of other vehicles, it will go by the marking on the tyre. Um, so it's actually uh, quite common to need the top of your tyres up every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And on that note, it's good to have a really easy, straightforward floor pump. Invest in the best pump you can but um, have it somewhere convenient that you can just uh, hook it up and top up your tyres. Get, right. get a friend to help great, um, great you advice. figure out how to do it or something like that or, or your local bike shop because um, most bike shops will happily let you in and let you use pump. It's a great way for them to gain a little bit of business, you know. Yeah. They'll let you use a pump for free and they might be able to point out a few maintenance things that need doing. Okay, um, and, and then I was asked about oiling the chain as well. Is that something that we should worry about? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, the, the the other major one, oiling the chain. Um, don't use CRC. Don't use WD40. 
they strip off all the useful oils. It's mostly just solvent in those products. Uh, those those ones can also damage rubber and plastic, so they can cause damage to your tyres and to the uh, plastic components in your gear system. Um, and they pretty much remove all the protective oil and, and leave it exposed to the elements to rust. So use uh, a bicycle chain lubricant. Um, there's a whole lot of different types, but anything that's recommended that that's actually a bicycle-specific product should be okay. Um, and when and how often, it's really a matter of um, a matter of judgment. But if you see your chain looking dry or rusty, um, it probably needs a, a little top-up. It's easy to overdo it, and that's okay. You can just wipe the excess off with a with a dry cotton rag, um, just by wrapping it around the chain and pedaling backwards or something like that to mop up any excess. Okay. And that's also quite important so it doesn't splatter all over the place and make a horrible mess. You don't want oil on your brakes. That, that's another major one. Um, oil on the brakes is not great when you jump on, merrily screw off down the, down the road and hit the first downhill slope. <laughs> you find out you're in, in trouble. Yeah. Man, I'm getting lots and lots of questions. Um, I'm going to try and choose the most useful ones first. So... When taking a bike to a shop for a service, what will the shop include in the service? What should they include, Joska? Okay, well, I'm going to base that on the kind of service that I do, which is a kind of amalgamation of um, observations and, and things that I've had to do for service checks at other shops that I've worked on over the years. Um, they should probably be doing a complete bolt check, uh, making sure nothing's, nothing important is coming unscrewed. Um, they should make sure that the bearings are functioning well on the bike, uh, wheel bearings, bottom bracket bearings, headset bearings, um, and should also make sure those bearings are locked off, as in the adjustable cup and cone bearings on your wheels. If those bearings are that they, they're actually adjustable, they can be tightened or loosened. Um, you don't want them to be too tight or too loose. They have to be spot on. So you don't get your wheel flopping side to side uh, or you don't get your bearings under extreme pressure and, and kind of causing damage. Um, and you should also expect the um, the chain to be given hopefully a quick clean and re-lubrication. The gears and brakes should be readjusted um, you usually need a little bit of tweaking, um, and I would hope that that uh, might include something straightforward, like uh, in terms of parts replacement, if the brake pads needed to be replaced. That hopefully you get the brake pad cost added on, but maybe not too much, if any, extra labour charge. Um, so, and then the bike should be given a test ride, and the tyres topped up. Uh, and, and the real-world test ride is really important to my mind to make sure that everything is actually functioning as it should. How often would you expect a bike to need a service, or, or would you? How, how often would you like to see a bike? Um, for casual-use bikes, probably about once a year. For regularly-used bikes, so you're commuting to work every day, probably up to four times a year. Really? Yeah, um, I, I quite often see um, regular customers uh, having their bikes um, done two or three times a year. 
just a second. I'm quitting out. I think someone's trying to call me. Uh, yeah. No worries. If you've just tuned in, by the way, uh, it's our Monday expert segment, and I'm talking to Joska Craig Smith from Joska Bicycle Repairs in Mount Albert. I mean, I can see the appeal of doing that, Joska. I guess just, you know, I spend a few hundred bucks on my bike, so if I'm getting it serviced four times a year, that's almost probably the cost of the bike and maintenance. Yeah, that's that's fair, but to be, as a, as a good comparison, maybe if you don't get it serviced regularly enough, um, you're quickly going to wear out the componentry and especially the, the, the chain and cogs. Um, and if you let that get too far, it's easily going to be the cost of a new bike. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So, yep. yeah, I've it's, got... a, it's a preventative maintenance thing. I've got a question I really like that's coming from a listener. It says, I've bought a second-hand bike. What is one affordable and impactful upgrade I can buy for my bike? Oh, that's really um, depends on, on the bike. But something that pops into my head is some way to carry your stuff. A good quality um, a good quality pannier rack and a set of panniers will will make the bike infinitely more useful in terms of transport, taking your stuff to work and carrying your groceries or anything like that. Oh, what a good tip. Uh, should you lock your front wheel and your seat on your bike or just the frame? Do thieves still nab quick-release seats and quick-release front wheels like they did in the 90s, asks Hamish. Yes, they do. Um, I would gauge your local area because... Um, I often feel completely comfortable locking just my frame if I'm out in the daytime. But um, other people swear by running an extra cable through the front wheel and through the seat um, in, in more theft-prone areas. Um, I think you should at least have a D-lock or a folding bar lock. Um, that's a much more secure way of locking your frame mm. a cable which is more easy to cut through um, but yeah if you have quick release levers on your on your wheels or on your seat it's sometimes easy to replace those with anti-theft skewers anti-theft bolts um, which saves carrying a whole lot of extra heavy lock yeah. paraphernalia um, a couple of people asking about this, and it's a subject close to my heart. Graham says, why do bike brakes squeak even though there's plenty of material on the disc pads? Someone else says, how can one stop mechanical disc brakes from squealing and get them to function better? Uh, that's Chris in Christchurch. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, been a problem for me. Last time it came up on the show, someone told me that my brakes were probably contaminated and I should take them apart and bake them in the oven. But uh, any other suggestions? Replace the brake pads. It sounds like if they're squealing all the time, including in dry weather, you've got some chain lube or some kind of oil on the brake pads and they will never come right. So that's one thing to really be aware of with any type of disc brakes on a bicycle mm -hmm. is the brakes are ultra sensitive to any lubricant on the braking surfaces. It will cook right into the pad material, the fibrous material, and they will squeak and not grip. So if that's happened, you'll need to take it to your local bike shop, have everything decontaminated with lots and lots of brake cleaner and scrubbing and and uh, possibly a blowtorch on the disc rotors. Really? If, if need be. 
Um, yeah, I see heaps of people coming in who've merely lubed their bikes um, to the to, to a little little too much, uh, where you've got thick oil built up in the brake rotors and every little hole, and um, you got to get in there and get it all out. Um, so it's one and one other important regular maintenance thing. If your bike's got disc brakes, have uh, some paper towels and some um, isopropyl alcohol to wipe down your disc rotors, and that just takes any light contamination away. Um, just try and keep that side of the bike clean and free of free of sticky oil or any any visible oil. Um, and if you've had your wheel bearings re-greased, you might need to keep a, an extra sharp eye on the um, the area near the disc rotor where the grease might, any excess grease might creep out of the wheel bearings and start to migrate across the disc rotor. Thank you. Um, yeah. My producer has asked me um, to make some time to talk about something called BSOs. Are you familiar with that acronym? Yeah, BSOs are bicycle-shaped objects. Yeah, what are you referring um, to there? We um, we see them every week um, for the past twenty years that I've been a bicycle mechanic. Unfortunately, um, it's the cheap, not fit for purpose bikes that uh, people like to buy from department stores. Um, they do vary in quality from absolutely horrific and unfit and unsafe to kind of passable but quite difficult to work on and difficult to maintain. And usually they are um, having some distinct kind of features like plastic brake levers uh, that flex too much, um, really flexible suspension forks that give it really poor handling. So the if you stick your front wheel between your legs and give the handlebars a wiggle, uh, you should see maybe a little bit of flex, but uh, some of these um, BSOs have very, very flexible front forks that just flop around. Uh, so those ones usually actually have a, a sneaky little sticker somewhere on the frame saying not for off-road use, despite whether they have knobbly tires and, and appearance. Yeah. that matches the mountain bike kind of industry. Um, plastic brake levers, pressed sheet metal, uh, where we should be seeing cast aluminium components. And, uh, yeah, really low-grade low materials, um, unbranded components and things like that. Um, we're getting a lot of e-bike questions. It's maybe a separate topic, but anything you'd like to add about the maintenance of e-bikes? Uh, yeah, large, broadly speaking, I mean, there's a heaps of variety, but um, maintenance is just like a, a pedal, normal pedal bike, but with added um, torque, added weight, and added stresses in general. So they probably need more frequent maintenance, especially in the brakes and the drivetrain area. Um, in fact, any bicycle is usually the most frequent issues, for especially geared bicycles, is um, the drivetrain and the chain wearing out. Um, mm-hmm. It's an overlooked area. It's the chain becoming stretched and slipping on your cogs. Um, 
even before tyres and brakes wear out sometimes. Um, but mid-drive e-bikes with the motor near the pedals are driving the bike through the chain system, and they will chew through a lot of chains and cogs more frequently than a normal bike. Um, any type of e-bike is usually burning through the brake pads a lot quicker just because of the extra speed, acceleration and deceleration that you're going to have. Um, so you might be expecting to replace your brake pads and even your brake rotors fairly often, uh, the rotors being the, the metal disc that uh, the brake pads grip. Um, and, yeah, mid-drive ones probably replacing the chain a couple of times a year if you're using it frequently. I notice um, my brakes don't last too long, I mean, and maybe because I've bought a cheap bike. Um, but I have to quite regularly get them, uh, go into the bike shop and get them to, to fix them. Anything you've got to say about brakes? And um, is there any way that you use brakes to maximise their life? I, I tend to go downhill a bit and I sort of have my, I'm kind of holding them to stop myself going too fast down the hill. Is that okay or, or is that going to be bad on the brakes to be have that constant sort of half pressure on them? Oh, you've got to use your brakes when you need them. Um, so don't worry about that in the moment. You're going to be using the brakes, you know, to keep yourself safe. But really um, you should be using the front and rear brakes evenly. I think a lot of people favour the rear brakes yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, if they've accidentally flipped themselves over one time, they're often scared to use the front brakes at all. Um, so the front brake is 60 to 80% of your stopping power. Like it's most of your stopping power. You need that front brake and the rear brake working together most of the time. Um, the only exception to that rule would be if you have to brake suddenly while turning a corner, um, you want to favour the rear brake, just like on a motorcycle. Um, because once your front wheel is turning through 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 a curve, it's gonna potentially slide out from under you. So at all other times, using using both brakes together, um, and that's gonna really get the maximum safety, stopping power, and wear from your braking system. Okay. Someone wants to know if you work on exercycles. Uh, well, if you bring it to me and um, and remove it fairly quickly once it's completed, because it, they can be a little bulky in the workshop, they're much harder to to store and hang up. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Josca. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Good luck with what I presume is a new initiative, uh, Josca Bicycle Repairs in Mount Albert. I'm sure you'll get lots of inquiries, and um, thank you for taking us through the stuff that we can do on our own to extend the life of our bikes. Cool, and I hope, uh, yeah, if you're local to West Auckland, pop in and see me. I've um, got a very small, unique workshop, and uh, it's very much focused on the fixing and repairs. Uh, That's my passion. Good stuff. Thank you. Joska Craig-Smith, our bicycle expert today.